Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. I saw like a picture of this and I'm going to pose a question and I'm going to say my thoughts to give you time to think of your answer. Are there stupid things that you see that you think, I could do that? Here's my example. I think jet turbines... I could walk past one. No big deal. Hey, listen, those things blow at hundreds and hundreds of miles an hour. I am getting sucked in and shot out. No question. I get it. However, when I look at it, if I just look at it, I'm like, I can walk past that. I feel the same way about like the wipeout big balls where like I see everybody just beef it on those. And I'm like, guys, come on. Come on. How hard could it be? So I'm going to say one that kills people all the time. Yeah. Rip currents. (laughs) Just swim, forehead. A part of me is just like, (laughs) hold your breath. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, I mean, there's a couple things I won't do because I'm scared of getting trapped under something, which is why I don't do pier jumping. Because I don't want to come up and realize I'm under the pier. Um, Um, But I'm like. Rip currents are the real life quicksand. Like rip currents do to people what we thought quicksand was going to do to us. Yeah. It's like the more you struggle, like the faster you'll die. And I'm like, I think I would panic, but I can hold my breath for a very long time. Um, And a part of me would be like, but here's the thing. I think I know I'm not a very good swimmer. I'm like, I'm a, I can swim and I'm good enough, but I'm not a swimmer like swim team. So I don't think in my head I can think, oh, I can swim out of this. In my head it goes, I know I can hold my breath. I'm not strong enough to swim out of this. So let's just wait till it's over. And I think swimmers are like, I'll just fight it because I'm a swimmer. I don't have that ego because I know I'm not good at it. So I'm like, let me just wait. Because with rip currents, you're supposed to swim parallel to the shore until you are out of the rip current, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. just gotta wait till the rip current stops. go all the way to the end of the rip current. Yeah. Which would be my uh, strat, to be honest. With you. <laughs> um so we lived in a small beach town. So I remember like red flags and yellow flags and green flags, like in terms of weather being yeah. a part of our daily vocabulary for like six months a year. Mm-hmm. Um and I always I find it very interesting because we were also a tourist town. Like, do you think that a bunch of people came up from Chicago and was like, oh, it's a red flag day. We came all the way up here. We're going to this beach. Yeah, I do feel that. But I also feel like the people who visit are like, oh, my gosh, it's a red flag. There must be a hurricane outcoming. Like they just sure. don't know um, <laughs> what our standards are. They just don't. They just don't know anything but like rip currents is one of those things i'm like oh dude i don't have to worry about that another thing is like this is so dumb to say i can't believe i'm saying these things out loud i'm convinced i can shoot the attacker attacker in a hostage situation (laughs) (laughs) all those movies are like you don't have a clean shot i'm like bro if he doesn't move for two seconds he's dead (laughs) like what are we doing um (laughs) were you the kind of person that like when you were a kid, and maybe you still do it now. I do it now. Yes, sometimes. I still do Occasionally. it now. I know exactly Wait, what you're going to say. Yep. I do it at least twice a week, <laughs> still now as an adult. As an adult. So I, I've been using sleep aids a lot recently, so I don't give myself the time to do it. But if I am in bed for more than mm, 10 minutes, my brain will start going to these like superhuman situations where like I've been doing this since like elementary school, yeah. where you just want to be a hero so bad. And it's not like it's not some sort of like power fantasy, at least not for me. I think <laughs> I think as a kid, I was like, I just want to be recognized as a positive person. Yeah, I and just the want only respect. way I just want people to like me. <laughs> and the only way I knew how to do that was through extremism. I want to so. save people's life. I will sacrifice a leg so people will like me. Uh yeah, so, dude. I know, yeah. yeah dude the and thing like, is even if i don't if i don't daydream about it in a while it'll start showing up in my dreams but yeah. like we gotta get this out somewhere and like i did it a lot when i was like a freshman in high school mm-hmm. when like 
I would start putting like my crushes in these scenarios. Like the Classic. only way I can get my crush to like me is if I save them from a terrible situation. Dude. And I don't know if that speaks to like my level of self-confidence or if it speaks to something else much less wholesome than that. It um, could be so much worse. It, it could, could be. be so much worse. <laughs> but we are going to move on to our movie segment. We are watching a movie called The Lobster. It has Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz and Olivia Coleman in it. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie in any way, shape, or form, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 21 minutes, 40 seconds. So, The Lobster is another movie that I feel like I need to explain the mechanic of before we get, like, into it. Right. Um, so, The Lobster takes place in, it is described as a dystopian near future where basically if you are not in a committed relationship you have to check yourself into this hotel and when you are in this hotel you have to give like your sexual orientation uh how long your last relationship was this that and the other and you have 45 days to find a new partner in which to have a committed relationship and if you do not find a committed relationship in those 45 days you get also, turned into it's a- within the people of the hotel yes you stay yes. at the hotel you have 45 days to find someone within the hotel to be your partner and if you do not find a partner within your allotted time you get turned into an animal of your choice and this movie is called the lobster because colin farrell's character at the beginning of the movie says if i don't find my partner i would like to turn into a lobster yes couple other mechanics of this film um if you don't find someone you're considered a loner and that's when they change you a couple people escape or some people are just like out in the world if they don't admit themselves in the hotel the police will catch you they'll ask you for your marriage paperwork and then you'll get sent to the hotel so you can't be by yourself um there are people who lose their partner, break up, divorce, their partner dies. And instead of turning themselves into the hotel, they just run into the woods. They live in the wilderness. Those people are called loners. <laughs> and in the hotel, you are given a sedative rifle, a tranquilizer gun, and you hunt loners. And for every loner you capture, it adds a day onto your hospital stay or your hotel stay to find a partner. So if you're a really good hunter... You have more than 45 days to find a partner at the hotel. So all this being said, this movie, we broke down for you in about three minutes. What this movie spends 50 minutes telling you. Um, This movie is very show don't tell. Like, yes, um, I didn't really pick up on whether or not this was a voluntary service until like towards the end of act one. Like, they don't explicitly say it one way or another, but enough kind of, like, consequences start to pile up where I kind of just realize, like, oh, no one would subject themselves to to this if they didn't have a choice. Yeah. This is, like, a whole lot of, I'm only here so I'm not, like, in trouble with the authorities. Because the you have to have a partner in this society. You have to. The cops will stop you if you're by yourself. And ask you, you have to travel with your partner. And if your partner's not around, you have to have your paperwork. Like it is the most important thing. So like more important than a driver's license, more important than anything else. So it's wild. The lengths people go to, to find a partner. Like we can bond over anything. Just like, let us be together. There are, there's a early in the movie, you get introduced to a character um, who married their last spouse or their spouse became married with them purely because they both had a limp and like they're like good enough for me so i want to say conceptually i really liked this movie yes me too execution fumbled fumbled the execution in a lot of regards um this movie's freaking so- weird dude it's weird i would even call it i would call it like baby's first high concept movie like (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it's it's high concept in the sense that you don't see a movie like this all the time like these movies only come around every now and then you kind of have to seek them out 
It's but like fill me, dude. But like nothing really goes over your head. I don't think there's much about this movie that like is so confusing. You need a second rewatch to hit it again. I think you'll be uh, fine as long as you pay attention. Yeah. Like if you listen to the dialogue and they're like, um, I kicked your brother to death. And you're like, wait, what? Then you realize what's going on. But you have to pay attention. You can't be on your phone. But like they, as long as you're paying attention, they spell it out for you. They show you, but like it doesn't take a genius to put two and two together. So my biggest complaint about this movie is that nobody in this movie, and this is a, this is a directorial choice. Um, nobody in this movie is acting. Everybody in this movie is reciting. Everybody is very monotone. Everybody is very like blank slate. It, 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 it all feels very robotic. And like, that's, I imagine is the goal is to be like stylistic choice for sure is, you know, we've diluted society. We've diluted the concept of love and relationships into a necessity. So now nobody is passionate about any about it anymore. I found that very boring after like 45 minutes. The only person that I feel like is giving an actual performance is John C. Riley. I loved Colin Farrell in this. I love Colin Farrell. And I was happy to see him in a movie that I was watching. Um, the back half of the movie specifically felt very dry. Um, I think maybe it was because he was matching um, Rachel Vice's energy. And Rachel Vice plays yeah. a very dry character. I liked him the whole movie. I Also, you get to a point where you're like, I'm impressed with your acting because I'm believing I'm believing you are this character and if you yeah. do that then yeah you're a good enough actor I just I forgot he was Colin Farrell and I was watching a guy I'm like holy crap this is like so awkward but it's not awkward because everyone's doing it so it's not awkward for you it's just awkward for the audience because we're like how is this happening but yeah Rachel's character by the way only three people in this movie have names so like that's why we're calling them by their actor's character because there's three dudes uh david uh dang it what's john c riley's character and either way everyone else is just like the short-sighted woman the nosebleed woman the hotel manager the doctor the guard it's like super generic um but rachel white's character the sort short-sighted woman is a loner that he meets and her character is in incredibly dry so i think he definitely matches that energy when they're together it comes out and i feel like whenever they were together i'm like this is interesting because of world building this is not interesting in and of itself if that makes sense yeah and so i also could tell this movie was trying very very hard to be funny it's very british humor it is very british humor I laughed um, a couple of times. I, like, wow. This, it was just some points were just funny. Yes, I agree. But like, I think that once we were done with the world building and we moved on to the second half of the movie because Colin Farrell and Rachel Vice meet and then they kind of do their adventure in the second half of the movie. Right. So we're introduced to all these mechanics in the first half of the movie that we really don't spend a lot of time playing with because they kind of get brushed aside. It's all building up to what he does with Rachel Weiss. Right. Um, and I felt like a lot of the, the, the humor, the comedy in this movie was British people saying vulgar things in an incredibly dry, monotone voice. Like, there's a character that Colin Farrell meets. They sit next to each other on a bus, and this woman is incredibly desperate to find a partner. So she goes to extreme lengths to describe all the various sexual things that she is willing to subject herself to in order to get a partner. And I'm like, if that's just... If the joke is her just saying obscene things in a dry voice... Like, I didn't find that funny. There are some buttons around that joke that make it funnier. But, like, Rachel Weisz has a segment where they talk about, like, they have, like, secret gestures to each other. Because if the lo- if the other loners find out that they're in love, then they'll be kicked out of the hotel and out of their group of loners. Oh, dude, what the loners do to people who like each other or flirt, 
They're cutting off lips. They are just gen- like mutilating genitalia. They have you dig your own grave so you can die by yourself. Like if you're not, they're like, if you're not one of them, some of them are feel like a loner's by choice. Like 100% like I'm not going to cave to the system. So I'm going to be a loner. And if you're going to join our loner crew, you can't hug. You can't touch each other. You can't flirt, can't kiss, can't do anything. Anything you do by yourself will be like respected and glorified. Anything you do with each other is like vilified. So like they have to come up with like, like what you said, like hand signals to communicate without other people knowing that they're chatting and flirting. And these hand signals are used mostly for comedic effect. Yeah. Because Rachel Vice explains like all the obscene things that these hand gestures represent. And I just like, I, I didn't find it very funny. And I only bring that up because it is so clearly a representation of the tone of this movie. And I really like this movie from a world building standpoint. I really like this um, movie from a concept standpoint, but like tone and vibes, like once they moved on from the original point I was just, like, over it. No, I liked it. I dug this movie, dude. And, like, my here's my issues with it. Is, like, there was more... I wanted to experience more of the world. And the second half... I would say, like, third act, there's no more world building at all. Like, it's zero world building. It's all... It's mostly first act, a little bit second act, so you get exposed to, like, the loner world. Third act, there's nothing... And I just wanted more. I'm like, how do you guys make money? If you escape and you're not loners anymore and you're pretending to be together, how does that work? Like, how do you guys have money? How are you going into this city and buying things, buying so many things? I'm like, where's this coming from? Um, They had a little scheme that they pulled on people at the hotel. What happened with that? Like, there was no closure. They just like traumatized and trolled a bunch of couples, try to break them up. And then we never hear what happens with them again. So I'm like, I wanted closure for a lot of that stuff and I didn't get it. Um, and I felt like there could have been a little bit more character work, but I mean, that that's hard to do when everything's so dry. And when the, and when the dialogue is written away that people only say what they have to say for the most part. So this movie was directed, um, by a guy named, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, I believe is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's directed um, Killing of a Sacred Deer. He also directed The Favorite. And the reason why I bring this up is because he also directed a movie called Poor Things, which is supposed to come out at the end of the year. And um, this movie did its run at film festivals two or three months ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And everybody's loving this movie. They say Emma Stone is giving a perform the performance of her career. It's getting intense Oscar buzz already. But like th- uh, this is the only movie of his that I have seen. So it would be foolish of me to um, judge an unreleased movie by one of his first critical successes. You know, that he's directed four movies since Poor Things is about to come out. Um, But after watching this, I'm like, I'm a little more trepidatious going into Poor Things. Just because, like, I don't want to watch another two-hour movie that's just dry people talking to each other. I would do it again. I enjoyed it. Fair. Yeah, it was fun. This is, I don't know who this is for. It's filmy. It's not for kids. It's rated R for a reason. But like, it's for me, it was just interesting. I found it very interesting. Um, and, and it is. And I agree. Um, I could. However, I don't know who I recommend this movie for. Like, you got to be into filmy stuff to enjoy this. So casuals are not going to find this movie entertaining at all. They might find it boring or just weird, which is all fair. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know anybody that I would recommend this movie to. Um, Did Macy make it through it? Yeah, she dug it. She was right there with me. All right, fair enough. Yeah, we stopped literally halfway um, through it, so he had already become a loner. Just early on, like, he was hunting rabbits when we stopped, and, like, you just want to know how it ends, because it's it's a movie you've never seen before. You've never seen anything like this movie, so you're just like, well, I just want to know where this goes. I'm interested in the world, because it's so different. So, yeah, we did the whole thing together, and it was was pretty fire. Um... 
have we kind of reached our zenith on this one? Yeah, I mean, and we've avoided spoiling most of it, I think. So yeah, um, I'm not going to spoil the ending. I don't like how it ended. I don't I, think that the direction that this movie headed, there was going to be a way to wrap it up succinctly and effectively. Yeah, I wish it would have been. I wish they could have been taking a break from being a film and been a movie and gave me closure. Just like let me know what happened or where it was going. But, like, they kind of pulled an inception there at the end, and you kind of have to fill in the blanks, which is not the end of the world, but I feel like that that takes some points off for me. So, I'm going to give this movie a flat five. Oh, man. And as soon as you start talking, I'm like, we're going to have a discrepancy here. It's a 6.75 for me. This is the farthest we've been off in literal months. Yeah, um, like since August. So, and I just want to say it's very rare that I'm on the low end for uh, for stuff. So, hey, look at us. We're we're back, baby. <laughs> Guys, we're back. <laughs> yeah, I I dig this movie. I don't know who this is for. If you're, I mean, I feel like Craig's the is the regular person in this situation. I think most people are gonna be like, what, what? Not a bad, not technically not a bad movie. It is low budget. I think they spent like four million dollars making this movie, and you can you can you can tell. But like, I don't know, man. You guys watch it. Let us know. All right. Well, with that being said, um, what are we gonna do next? What are we doing next? Our improv segment is called "Hurt My Own Feelings." Um, so many times in life, you're around a person who one ups you. Just and in this improv, we're what's the opposite of one upping? Um, one downing down. we're trying to out victim the other person yeah we're so like self-conscious and insecure that it's a no you deserve it better no you deserve it better no i'm it's it's got to be you more than me i don't it's it's constant downplaying and be um self-sabotaging and that's the entire bit yeah so uh, Craig, can you think of a scenario where that would be entertaining for our audience? Yeah. So we are going to be, we're in the final stages of a promotion from within job interview. And we are the final two candidates. And um, we're kind of going to do a dual interview to see um, who is uh, more driven for this job. Freak. I'm so glad they don't do this in real life. <laughs> that would suck, dude. All right, we can do it, though. Hey, I just hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with us about, you know, I, I know that we both, you know, are super interested in this job and I'm glad that you're, you know, willing to hear us out. Yeah, man, it's not it's actually my first time I've ever having to like be next to the other candidate um at the final stages of a of the interview process, but I totally i'm just looking at this guy i totally get why he got this far yeah i mean like have I, but like i i could say the same thing about you i mean natural charisma just like oozing out of your pores i mean i i can tell that like did you like roll out of bed looking like that i mean come on that's crazy that you brought that up because i was thinking as i walked in here i'm like freaking tall dark and handsome over here like i mean this is a customer facing role people are gonna walk in and buy whatever you sell them yeah but like i uh, you know, I can only do so much about like what I naturally look like. I, 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 what he brings is like, he brings a lot of self-made stuff to the table. You know, I came in today. I have a mustard stain on my shirt. I didn't notice it until right when I walked through the door, you know, Alex over here, he, he came in pressed, cleaned, ironed, ready to go. Yeah. But I, I think I'm, I don't, I think might be mistaken because I think of when dealing with a customer, there's something about me that like, I think they know they can't quite trust me or I'm going to be insecure. And I think as far as sales go, I mean, nothing but confidence on your end, man. I, so, Hey, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, he, Alex over here, he has product knowledge off the charts. Any question, like he, he can answer questions about not just our department, but other departments in the store, not just departments in our store, but departments in our competitor stores. So he knows how to compare and contrast. And you know what? He's honest about it all, too. The, I, I thought when I walked in here, you looked familiar. This guy is best friends with everyone. Every party I go to, this guy's here. 
if if you're looking for a guy with a network, you can't get better than him. He's friends with everyone. I bet you his phone has every contact in the city. Everyone's on a first name basis with him. I think, I mean, as far as building relationships, having a well-known name and reputable and having all these people know who he is and not a single scandal has come around. I mean, I'm not, dude, don't ask anybody around me. I'm, I'm a liability. I think before we even start the interview, uh, the answer is obvious. I just want to say, um, I appreciate what you're saying. I think that having the, my network is almost too big at this point. I don't know anybody personally. I have to look through phone contacts to get last names and like, so I can put a name to the face, you know, at that point, like, I don't want, this is too many surface level relationships that I'm having. You know, Alex over here, he makes deep, meaningful connections. He wants to make every one of them count. And not only is he meaningful, but he also has a positive track record. If you look up his name in the local newspapers, you see rescuing kittens from trees, helping old women cross streets. You know, he you know, people don't know his name, but they know his reputation. And I think here's the problem, though. Here's I'm going to be real honest with you guys. I'm just good at concealing the bad things. I think, I mean, for every woman I help cross the street, there's people I pushed in front of the subway, you know? And Wait, what? Hold on. Wait, what? Yeah. All I'm saying is we all have a dark past, but mine is a little darker than other people's. And uh, I wouldn't want any of that to come out, you know? Hold on. We we can't just, like, blow past. You, you pushed people in front of the subway? Like, multiple people or just one person? Uh, I mean, definitely a few, but I mean, that's not the only thing I do. I mean, how many, you know, how often do you take hostages? No. Well, my, my brother was pushed in front of a subway train six years ago. Did, did you do that? Did he owe anybody money? I mean, not like a ton of, like, I guess a little bit, but like over 600 bucks. I think it was like five seventy five. Okay, then that probably wasn't me. That was probably my little brother. Usually my barrier is about 600 and more. I won't take anything lower than 600. So probably my little brother. All I'm saying is like, we all got our issues and they'd probably be better off with you. Yeah. Hey, um, I know I've been hyping this guy up for a little while, but I think, yeah, I think I want that job now. Hey, um, uh, I, I think that we, I don't even know if we need to do the rest of this interview. Cause I, I think, I think I need to call the cops guy. Um, I'll be right back guys. Hold on. Uh, is that how we end scenes now? I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah. When sure, one of us leaves, I'm cool with one of us just leaving. <laughs> I realized um, we were hyping each other up so much. I'm like, someone's got to lose. <laughs> it might as well be the felon who's getting away with it every time. Um, all right. We're going to move on to our middle segment. And this is one that I have not done in a very, very long time. And it was only a matter of time before it came back. All right. This is whose tagline is it anyway? Oh, Company boy. edition. So um, the way I'm going to do this one is I just have a list of a bunch of company slogans, And I need you to tell me what company those slogans belong to. It's as simple as that. I feel like I'm pretty good at this, though. I, the, I think this is going to be significantly easier than movies. The twist, however, is I have sprinkled in just a few, just a few fake company taglines of my own, just enough to keep you guessing. Oh, great. <laughs> great. Um, start off simple. Breakfast of champions. Wheaties. Yeah. All right. Uh, the best a man can get. I mean, yikes. Uh, how did you source these taglines? I am on a website called ActiveCampaign.com, and this is the 63 catchiest company slogans ever. It's either. Can I ask questions? I mean. I've, Do you have multiple choice? Um, no. All right. Then I have to ask questions. If you don't have multiple choice. Okay. I get, I'll give you one question. Is it a product? A, some, uh, obviously a man. Uh, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, is it a product this person uses every day? I'm going to say. Let's say. I'm going to. Here's mean, what I'm going to say. Yeah. Is it is part of people's routines. Okay. Well, I don't want to drag this out, but like I got to win. Okay. So toothbrush, toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, 
body wash. Cars, get, definitely not a car. You said anyone getting close? It, uh, we, we, not when you said car. <laughs> pomade, gel, huh? gel, uh, not quite. Razor. Okay, uh, uh, who makes razors? Bic, right? The cheap ones, Bic, disposable. Bic does make razors, yeah. We're getting there. Gillette. There we go. There we go, ladies Bam, and gents. First try, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, think different. Oh, I know this one. And this wants this to be the one you made up. Um, dude, I know this. Technology company for sure. Yep. I want to say IBM, but that would not be top 20. It's way too small. Microsoft, it's not Microsoft. I said 63. Oh, well, that totally could be IBM. <laughs> it's either IBM or Apple. And I'm not going to tell you which, and you're going to have to just say if it's one or the other. It's Apple. Okay. okay. <laughs> think outside the bun. Does this, trying to think, do these companies have more than one? Because Oh, definitely. Because the one I just told you is not the one that I would have told you. That's when I'm I'm like, there's no way. Um, uh, Taco Bell? It is, in fact, Taco Bell. Look it was between you. Taco Bell and Burger King. Because obviously you have Live Moss and Have It Your Way. Yeah. But I'm like, think outside the bun does not make sense for a burger. I don't know. I don't find find a better man. Find a better you. Is this a feminine project product? Is it? Um, I don't think this is real. It is not real. No, I that I I, I did in fact make that one up. I'm like, um, because I was thinking like a jeweler, but that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, would it be a dating site? But that would probably be Bumble. And I'm like, I don't know. It was between Bumble or Made Up. All right, we were doing. Uh, next, think big. I know that one. I know that one. Um, think big. I want to say, is it? I want to say technology company. Okay. Um, I can. See, the crazy thing is, I can see the slogan. Like, I can see the logo. I have no idea who it's associated with. Um, um, I'm just gonna tell you. Yeah. Uh, it is IMAX. Oh, dude, I was never gonna get there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Up next, the future can't wait. No clue. The future can't wait. Um, dude, all these sound like technology. I have no idea. Uh, if I had to make a guess, I'm going to go freaking uh, Pfizer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't no, know. That, that was one of the ones I made up. <laughs> I'm like, uh, that all right. being in the top 63 makes me only pick big companies, which makes sense. Sure. Um, we'll just do a few more. Okay. Um, we're going to do up next. We have fly the friendly skies. Okay. Airline, obviously. Um, it wouldn't be American because they would put something about being American. It wouldn't be spirit because it has to be something the budget wouldn't be allegiant, which leaves us with United or Delta. Um, okay. And I think Delta's is more fancy. So I'm going, uh, Unless I'm totally wrong, but you would have stopped me by now. So I'm going United. It is, in fact, United. All right. Up next, we have There's Always Room for One More. Oh, what do you know? No clue. Um, <laughs> I need hints. Um, <laughs> is this... Can you give me uh, uh, industry? Yeah, food. What the heck? One more what? Fry? Um, uh, It's not pizza. It's not burgers. Uh... Oh, probably like dessert, right? Like insomnia cookies. No, that's not top sixty-three. I got no freaking idea, dude. Um, uh, let's. You made this up. I did, in fact, make that one up. Yeah. Nice. All right, <laughs> last one. All the marbles, all for freedom, freedom for all. That's so dumb. Um, I know it's not Marines. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna freedom. Can you give me an industry? Um, automotive. Oh. It's Harley. It is, in fact, Harley Davidson. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, yeah. And also, dumb, dumb slogan. It's so dumb. <laughs> the thing is, is like, as soon as I thought freedom, I'm like, well, it's American company. And I know Ford, GMs, and Dodges, like the back of my hand. So it had to have been motorcycle. And American motorcycles, just it's just Harley. So what I learned from doing this segment and not playtesting it beforehand is... I'm really good at coming up with slogans. Should have put fake companies on them. <laughs> yeah, dude. Freaking lost in the sauce. <laughs> I didn't realize how like on the pulse you were going to be for some of those. Well, some of them like they like 
the United one, it lets me know the industry. Yes. And the Gillette one sounds familiar, and it, it at least lets me know it's a product for men, which narrows it down. Some of them are just like words. Think big. What, that, what does that even mean? <laughs> like big is not a hint, you know? <laughs> so what do you, what do you know? Are Alex, you what's our one hit? Our one hit is amateur Foley artist. This is dangerous considering how I still don't have a pop filter, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you. All right, audience, for, for those of you who don't know what a Foley artist is, um, in post It's the opposite of what Alex is doing when he punches his mic four times when describing yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Hey, audience, if you don't know what a Foley artist is, it's in post-production of a movie. Um, usually when an actor is mic'd up or has, there's a mic following them, they need to target the dialogue and capture the dialogue. There's a bunch of stuff that they're doing that would distract from the dialogue or the action in the movie. Things like ice in a cup. It is well, I, I don't know if it's well known, but I'm going to tell you, usually that ice is like a rubber or silk. Usually it's silicone. So you don't hear the clinking of the glass because they need to capture clean audio. Then in post-production, they hire an, a, a legitimate artist, a per, sound creator who mimics the sound and that gets recorded on a separate track and they can you know, raise, lower the volume, make sure you can hear what they're talking about, but also like, it sounds like you're living life. So I've got, it's crazy how like in the weeds they get with Foley sometimes, because if you ever look at behind the scenes of Foley artists doing their thing, most of the time it's just footsteps. Like the number of times that footsteps get added in post-production is crazy yeah and you're gonna ask him the one where so i'm we're doing 10 craig's gonna do all of them cool and he's gonna see if he can just create them and we're gonna start off with the footsteps so we're gonna do person walking in firm snow um we're gonna be cutting a lot of air in post yeah oh, what do you mean we I, I know. I gotta say, we like I, I work. Okay, I also start feeling guilty for not contributing. Um. This is gonna be awesome. This is a great idea. All right, Craig, we're gonna do reaching the end of the drink and slurping the straw. I don't know how vocalists do this without cracking up every single time. They're also doing this while watching the movie with no sound on. Just trying to create the sound. Pretty good. That's pretty good. God, I inhaled so much dust from (laughs) my mic cover from that. I'm good. All right. Shutting a car door. I mean, not quite. <laughs> but I'll take it. Um, Bird hitting a window. You couldn't hear that. <laughs> I heard something. I'm like, what is he doing? Rolling dice? I'll let you take another shot at it. Not bad. Uh, clipping your fingernails. That's echoing too much. Hold on. Yeah, I must be like, what? Are you <laughs> I'm, at, I'm cutting my toes in a cave. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cheating if my nail clippers were directly behind me, huh? Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can do it um, a bit. Just cut your nails on like... I don't even know if you can hear that. I that can. Might get... It's weird because I know what you're doing. That like, the... <laughs> I'll have to make sure to not like compress that out in the in the automatic edit. <laughs> All right, Craig. Here's for the hard back half. These last five are gonna be pretty tricky. Okay. Peeing in a toilet. That sounds like TV static more than anything. Hold on. Yeah. 
These are difficult, so I'm gonna cut you some slack. Um, getting a scissor haircut. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Pull Gang, out scissors and like, I am I'm getting a haircut. I am looking around my apartment in desperation, <laughs> trying to get like um any anything here. Um that's clearly glass. That's nothing. Yeah. Whoop, knocked it over. Snip, I mean, snip, 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 snip. You'll need to snip, boost snip, the audio, but that didn't sound bad. Snip, 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 snip. All right, final three. A stomach growling. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, and the last two, tripping on pavement. These are truly hard mode, dude. Except for the last one. The last one's not hard. It's just gross. I'm going to take my headphones off when you do it. Oh, cool. Awesome. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I'm just imagining you watching a film and just trying to time the fall and the bangs. <laughs> And then the last one is a hardcore makeout session. Okay, so while Alex has his headphones off, I don't know if he's taking them. Alex, have you taken your headphones off yet? I have them far enough away so I can just know when you're done, but I can't really hear what you're saying. Oh, weird how you had a specific response to that, though. Um, all right, well, I guess the bit's done. I guess I have to do it now. Yeah, that's the point. I want our audience to suffer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm literally seeing the teeniest, tiniest waves on Audacity right now. I It's at a point where I think Discord is doing a better job at picking me up than actual Audacity is. <laughs> okay, you can be done because I need to put my headphones back on. Uh, that was Amateur Foley Artist, um, kind of related to our ASMR episode way back when, and I've been... 110, or 150 episodes ago. Yeah, I've been looking to do something similar, and that's the closest we were going to get. I don't even know, I don't even know what to do with that one. <laughs> Have fun editing all that, that was... I'm sure thrilling and our audience is going to love it, but that's our one hit wonder. If you loved it, I'm so sorry. If you hated it, well, join the club. It's never coming back. So last week I talked about Spider-Man. I have now finished Spider-Man. Um, I hundred percented it. Oh my gosh. So it wasn't a long game. It was like, it was a 25 hour game and I had Friday, Monday and Tuesday off. So like, what else was I going to do? Right. Um, and when we talked to the podcast, you had already put eight hours in. Yeah. So um, this is the first game that I spent that I stayed up all night playing. Um, I took like a nap from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. And then I played Spider-Man from 8.30 p.m. until 6 a.m. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it wasn't on purpose, right? Like, I was close enough to the end of the game where I was like, Oh, I'll just finish it up. Okay, so I was a, I, I was a little bit further than I thought, but now now I can finish it up. Okay, so I wasn't as close as I thought it was, but if I stop now, then like I need to finish it now. Um, and so I was just stuck in that cycle for like four hours. Yikes, dude. <laughs> um, so overall, I want to say this is a seven and a half out of ten. It is a good game. It is a fantastic game. I have a lot of problems with it. If so anybody, not game of the year is what you're saying. At the time being, yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll reanalyze at the end of the year. But like anybody that's giving this game a ten out of ten is only doing so on a technical aspect. This game yeah. is a technical ten out of ten. Um, you can fast travel anywhere in New York in. I'm not kidding you. A second and a half. And the only reason it takes that long is because it wants to confirm where you are going. Um, there is no loading screen, no matter how far across the map you are fast traveling. And that is genuinely impressive. Mm -hmm. um, the combat is incredibly fluid. Um, however, I have my qualms with it. 
First of all, being Craven is boring. Um, is he the main bad guy in this? No, but you'd think he was. <laughs> so this is a this is a pacing spoiler. I'm not going to be spoiling any details, but Venom was advertised with this game. He's the collectible figure. He's been the face of the promo. The first teaser trailer we got was Peter in the Venom suit. Venom is not a threat until mission 20 of 31. Whoa. And so every mission before that is Craven, 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 Craven. And I don't find Craven engaging to begin with. I think that the whole like, I am a warrior with the warrior spirit and I crave a warrior's death. I think that's so boring. Oh my God. And to have an entire game based around that like concept made it very weak to engage in the main story in the main story missions. Um, so that is probably my biggest gripe with this is we were told this is the Venom game. And while Venom is an underlying theme throughout a lot of the game, it is much more targeted towards Craven as a whole. Um, and I just, I did not find that engaging. Um, as I said before, Miles and Peter are balanced very well. Um, I feel like I'm not spending time with mo- with one more than the other. Um, so, and also this game purposefully left a lot of stuff open for DLCs in a way that I did not love. Like there is a main side quest arc that it's only like four or five missions, but the final mission, you do not get resolution. It is setting something up for later. And Mm -hmm. I, I, and I did not like that very much. Um, I I kind of felt like this was the arc that I was I Craig was most invested in. I thought it was super cool, and to just kind of be left hanging like that, to be like stalled on for what I imagine is going to be either DLC or sequel content, I I did not enjoy very much. Um, and the reason why I'm sounding so negative about this game is because I get I've been seeing so many people online roasting people alive for having any valid criticisms about this game and it is in it i find it infuriating um so this game is a seven and a half out of ten it is worth the full price buy it is worth the 20 to 30 hours you're gonna put into it um and i also didn't explore much Everywhere that I went to in New York had a marker. So if you're the kind of person that just wants to fly through New York, climb the Avengers Tower, use photo mode, you're going to get a lot more out of this game than I did. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think this was a compelling sequel. I got everything that I wanted out of it. um, And I'm going to be pre-ordering the next one when they announce it. Um so seven and a half out of ten. Boy howdy, is that Spider Man? Dude, I I've always said that the reason to get a PlayStation, the new one, is for Spider Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Could, correct. Spider Man could just have its own console because the amount of people that get a PlayStation just to play Spider Man is insane. I would be one of those people. I think their pre sale was like crazy numbers. I, I'll um, I will look it up. It's crazy. So I can tell you right now. Yeah. They sold 2.5 million copies in the first 24 hours, which makes it the fastest selling PlayStation game of all time. Yeah, that's crazy. And it Um, deserves it. And it totally deserves it. I would love it purely because everyone's like, dude, fast travel is so fast in this game. You should never use it. It's just so much fun being Spider-Man swinging through the city. They're like, why? Why would you? I used it a lot in the final third of the game yeah. where like I'm I'm mopping up side quests, I'm mopping up collectibles and but like you said if things were two or three blocks away, I'm not fast traveling. If it's on the other side of the city, I'm fast traveling. If I have to if I have to cross a river, I'm fast traveling. <laughs> yeah. I just think like I've been in New York once. I mean, the first thing I would do is just, and what everyone does in the game is like, let me just go to the places I would like to go or places I have been or where do I live 
Let me just go there in the city. And I think that right there is hours of content. <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. That makes me just long to be in a city. It scratches an itch that doesn't get scratched very often for me. And I would just love that. Um, and this is crazy to say, I think in the future, I will be buying a PlayStation and getting all the Spider-Mans. Yeah. So once, once, play, once they're like, all right, we're done putting out Spider-Mans. We'll wait till the next console. I will buy a PlayStation and get all the Spider-Mans and just play them. Yeah, I can absolutely. And so like, I'm super excited. I love hearing good things about this game. I remember when the original PlayStation, like PlayStation two had all the Spider-Mans. It was addicting back then. And I know it only gets better. So yeah, that's awesome, man. And again, I'm stick. I've taken a break from Starfield. I was, I think I was just putting too much time into it. It was every day for two or three hours. Um, I'm going to get back to it, but I'm taking a break. I just missed movies too much. Yeah, I feel so that, man. I missed it so much that I'm like, I'm going back to watching movies again. And then I'm still going back in Forza for a little bit, hitting Red Dead a little bit, but then it's just movie, movie, movie. Yeah, rock on. Um, Alex, what are we watching next week? We are watching The Eighth Grade. It's uh, I believe it's written and directed by Bo Burnham, but it definitely directed. Um, I'm just so excited, dude. This came out I also a while think- ago. I think just to be nitpicky, it's just called eighth grade. I don't think it's the eighth grade. Okay. So yeah, eighth grade, A24, super excited. Um, rated R for the people who listen to this podcast who think, oh, I'll movie about my life. Rated R. So like keep that in mind, but super hey, excited I've to, se- to watch I it. just want to say I've seen this movie before. You can watch it with a parent. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it and then uh, we can give a better recommendation next time. Okay, but until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. I think I'm still coughing from when I inhaled my mic cover. And next time, don't <laughs> chew dust. See you next week. Deuces.